Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. The purpose of this show is to encourage and inspire homeschooling families to give co-oping a try. Each show will include information on the ins and the outs of successful co-oping. Today, I'll be interviewing Suzanne. She's organized and is orchestrating a co-op for teens in Florida. One of the beauties of co-oping is the flexibility regarding who meets together, how often you meet, where you meet, and what subjects you study. By co-oping, I'm talking about a group of parents working together to create a safe and friendly environment for their children so they can study together honing the skills which are best taught and practiced in group situations. If you aren't totally sure what I mean by homeschooling co-op style, then watch the introductory video which you can find on the Ultimate Radio Show website or on our Homeschooling Co-op Style Facebook page. A few years ago, Suzanne joined one of our co-ops and soon became an avid supporter of co-oping. Suzanne's current co-op is filled with teens who are discussing important issues including worldviews, current events, the Constitution, and more. The co-op Suzanne first joined with me was called Inherit the Truth, and it was centered around the Scopes trial that took place in Dayton, Tennessee. Our family first moved to Dayton years ago when our oldest enrolled in school at Bryan College. My seventh child, Matt, has just begun dual enrolled classes at Bryan this semester. One of Suzanne's sons is also dual enrolled at Bryan, but since they live in Florida, he's enrolled online. Suzanne will join our show in just a little while. Living in Dayton, one is aware of the stigma associated with the Scopes trial. As soon as you begin to study that trial in earnest, you become aware of the importance of searching for and discovering the truth. Teaching our children to be aware that misinformation often becomes presented as truth will help them in their search for truth. This, I believe, is just one of the aspects of co-oping that excited Suzanne. Suzanne, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat, for having me. Well, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and you just feel free to share what you want to share with our audience. How's that? Okay, that sounds great. How long have you been homeschooling? This is our 16th year because I was pregnant with our last child. And how have you seen the face of homeschooling change over the years? Well, when we first started, there really weren't many people homeschooling. We really struggled to find other homeschoolers, any idea about homeschooling, what we were doing. Uh, A teacher, in fact, it was uh, our oldest son's third grade teacher that gave us the idea that they thought we would be perfect candidates for homeschooling. And so we just decided, okay, let's give it a try. And that's how it started. But the information, there wasn't a lot of information out there because there weren't a lot of people homeschooling at the time. I guess over the years, we've seen more people homeschool. The homeschoolers that started years ago started paving the way for us. Well, that's that's neat. I didn't realize a teacher had actually suggested that you might like homeschooling. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Well, I know you joined one of our co-ops a few years ago. Interesting was we met at church, and we just started discovering that we had very similar interests and, and desires to teach our children. And you were introducing us to the whole worldview process, which 
we didn't really know that existed outside of what we were doing in our own home. And so as we came together and we started talking, you and I started discovering we had very similar interests, children around the same ages, and and that's kind of how it happened. A few other families from our church were in that co-op too, as well as a few families who weren't, correct? Yes, that's correct. So what did your boys think when they started coming to the co-op that we had? that year? Well, I actually had asked them that recently, and they loved it. They thought it was challenging. They were excited about the different students that were involved. They really didn't know what to expect, so I think the first couple of weeks they were a little shell-shocked, and, and I'm not really sure that I could explain why. They just they just looked a little overwhelmed because we did a lot, and we did it quickly. <laughs> we did, but, but we also that. we included presentations and breakout groups. So they had to talk and think, and they had to give presentations, and your boys acted as if they'd been doing that. They were very comfortable with it. Was that difficult for them? I don't think so. I think they really enjoyed the interaction, and I think the students that were in there, they really put forth a lot of effort. I think they appreciated being there as much as we appreciated teaching. When you're in a safe and friendly place where they know they're not going to get made fun of or laughed at if they mess up, then then it's a little easier to expect them to give the presentations and stand up before a group. And they really were so encouraging because I remember, and you probably will too, we had one little gal who was just petrified, shaking in her boot, but she would still get up and give her presentation. And the kids were always so encouraging. And, and now she does it like it's nothing. <laughs> yes, she does. And that, that same young woman is at our co-op now. <laughs> She is not nervous at all. She's a wonderful speaker. She's comfortable. It, it's absolutely fantastic. It, that really is true. Well, and that's one of the reasons I like to encourage homeschoolers to co-op because you have a safe and friendly environment for public speaking skills. And the younger they start, the less they're apt to be afraid of it as they grow up. In fact, it will become almost second nature. They'll be very comfortable with it. I, I want to encourage homeschooling parents. If you get together just once a week so your children can give presentations, even if you don't have a full phone co co-op at least have an opportunity where they can feel at ease with giving presentations in front of other people. Now, I know at our co-op you invited, I'm not even sure why, but you invited your son, Sensei, who is, am I even saying that right? Sensei, yes. Yes, and a Sensei is a what? Tell me what that is. <laughs> he is a martial arts instructor. He has been right. my son's martial arts teacher for, gosh, I think he was six when he started, and he's almost 16, so 10 years. Okay, and, and I know you often brought friends and relatives to co-op, and you invited him. What prompted you to invite him? Invite him? I mean, he was older. He doesn't have children. He's homeschooling. What prompted you to invite him? Well, actually, he had time on his hands, and I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for him to see. He, he gets very involved with his students, especially his more experienced students, and so he likes to see what they do, how they school. Um, he he just gets very involved with his students. And so we explained to him what we were doing, and he was very excited about this. He teaches fifth grade Sunday school boys at a church nearby, and he was seeing, as we were talking about the things we were teaching, he really wanted to see what that was. And so he says, hey, can I come? And we said, absolutely. And so he came out, and he was so excited. He he couldn't wait to come back again. I know. I remember that. And, and we were also impressed with him and his enthusiasm. It, it was neat to see how excited he, he got about the class and the 
and information they were learning, and then he even volunteered to teach a PE class each week. So our kids all benefited from that. They they loved that. Yes, they did. That was really exciting. He was um, he he provided the energy outlet that uh, that year. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite fun. And then even later, he offered a studio, and we had a co-op that met at his studio weekly. So that turned out to be a really good association. It was truly a blessing that that he offered the studio. He and his wife were so supportive, and when they knew we were looking for a venue. Uh, immediately they jumped in and said, hey, we have space and we don't use it during the day. And and that is such a blessing because sometimes the hardest thing about organizing a co-op is figuring out where you're going to meet. And we've had co-ops that have met at public parks. We've met at churches. We've met at private businesses. We've met at homes. And we we always figure out a way to do it, but that usually is something that's a little more difficult. Where are you going to meet? Is everybody going to fit? Is there a place to park the cars? You know, do the logistics all work out? So having him offer his studio was just perfect. That was quite a blessing. Yes, All right. Yes, now, what would you say are the key benefits of co-oping that cannot be easily replicated at home without other students involved? Students, I would actually say without other moms also, because the moms and the Good students point. come hand in hand. <laughs> yes. Without, you know, truly, I know, I know what my weaknesses are, and inevitably, God just places the perfect people in these co-ops that have the strength that I don't. I have strengths that they don't. It really has been a wonderful experience in that in that regard. Students. I think they feed off of each other. They, The more engaged you are, the more engaged they are, the more engaged their friends are. You can't do that by yourself at home. If you've only got one or two children left or, you know, you may only have one child or, or one or two children and, and you just can't replicate that experience by yourselves. And so I think allowing your children to be in co-ops I think is an enriching experience. I think they grow in leaps and bounds and so do we as parents because it, it's a lot of responsibility for everybody. We're all teachers and we're all students. Right, and I know it's funny over the years how I've seen parents' participation at different levels. And one year we even had a single mom who taught English at the university, and she couldn't be at the co-op. And, and we usually do require parents to be present and to participate and to help at some level. And we we excused her from that because of her situation. But she wanted to be a part of it, and she said, how about I take the children's papers and, and grade them? And we said, oh, that would be great, because they were researching, they were writing presentations, and so they just turned in their presentation to this mother who was also a teacher and I was so impressed by what she did because at first I thought oh she's going to get a red pen and find all the misspelled words and just you know mark up all the grammar and then they'll all be disheartened and the point one of the main points or main goals for me in having the co-ops the way we do is so kids will not be as worried about the technical aspect of their paper as they are and being comfortable giving a presentation but I was so pleased when the papers came back because they were not all marked up in red they had encouraging remark. They had great pieces of advice on how to improve their papers and if they were too general she would suggest they pick an area that's not as broad and she would talk about great titles and and great hooks and how to open and how to close and it ended up being a wonderful relationship so she did participate even though she couldn't be there every week. And then I've had co-ops and I know you've seen this too where Moms want to be involved, and they're willing, but they're as petrified of getting up in front of the group as their (laughs) students. And so they oftentimes ask if they can do anything but get up in front of the students, and and it's good to have them do that as well, and we want them to, but we don't want them not to co-op because they're so afraid of getting up in front of students. So there's always other responsibilities that parents can do. Our co-ops always have a snack. We have devotions. We have, what all do we have? I mean, there's a lot of ways that the parents participate. 
participate? There's a lot. Oh, sure. I've got parents. In fact, just this week we had uh, students turning in papers, and I've got two moms that behind the scenes are going to be grading those papers and doing the same yeah. thing. We have. I have a mom that will sit and take notes for me about because we have different different guest speakers that come into our co-op right now, and so I've got a mom that will take notes for me and will write down if they've assigned homework. Yeah, that reminds me, too. We would have moms take notes so we could have a quiz at the end of the day. Yes. (laughs) We had a panel of public speaking mom judges one time, too. They had a little evaluation sheet, and as the kids gave their presentation, they would mark down what they needed to improve on and what they did well. We need to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Many homeschooling families participate in some type of dual enrollment program, and oftentimes a student has finished one or more years of college before they even graduate high school. The ad you're about to hear is from Dr. Livesay, president of Bryan College. I've been a fan of Bryan College for years, and I'm excited about their amazing dual enrollment program. If you live near Dayton, like we do, your dual enrolled child can attend classes on campus. However, if you're not close enough to attend a class, your child can take online classes for the unbelievably low price of $100 an hour. And, if you're a Tennessee resident, there are dual enrollment funds available for high school students as well. You'll be hard-pressed to find a Christian college with a strong worldview emphasis that offers dual enrollment at this low price. So listen up and check it out. Hello, I'm Stephen Livesay, President of Bryan College, and I'd like to tell you about an exciting offer to assist homeschool families. Bryan seeks to provide a stimulating online environment where our students experience a deepening love for God and His truth. And at $100 per credit hour, your child can finish high school and receive college credit at the same time. To learn more about your child enrolling in Bryan's dual enrollment program, where all classes are taught from a Christian worldview, Contact us at online at brian.edu, that's B-R-Y-A-N dot E-D-U, or visit brian.edu slash online. Hi, I'm going to jump right in here and apologize for the recording quality of this interview. We were cut off several times during the interview. We've tried to splice this together. There may be a few places where it seems a little disjointed, but we hope the information is still all there and that you'll appreciate what we're sharing in the recording. So thanks for your understanding. Tell us about who you're inviting and how often they come and how that's working out. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, this this co-op that we're doing now is completely God-led and God-driven. It has been such a blessing. I have never seen so many men volunteer to step up and help in these co-ops. It has just been amazing. We have tell one us young about man your from theme. Tell us, tell us okay. about what you're doing. <laughs> the theme is When God <laughs> Writes Your Life Story, and I kind of took that from the Ludi books. I'll put a plug in there for Eric and Leslie Ludi, good books. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're we're really discussing... I'm noticing that the kids today are looking for direction, and they're not really sure how to find that. They know God's the source of it, but they don't know really how to get there. And so the different things that we're doing in this co-op, we're giving them a little bit of history. We're giving them a little bit of theology. We're giving them some biblical training. And and we're just trying to get them to think and to be able to process, okay, what does my life, what is it going to look like when God says to me, this is your life story here. This is what you need to be doing. And how are they going to recognize that? And and the beauty of this co-op is we've we've included so many different themes within it. We're doing uh, Rick Green's Constitutional Live. We we discovered as, as a group of us moms got together, all of our kids needed the Constitution and government section of 
of requirements. So we, we put mm-hmm. that in there, which has been a huge blessing. We have um, Ryan Sprague, who we've had before. He asked me, it was really funny, he says to me, well, what do you want me to teach? I said, Ryan, I just pray that you teach whatever God wants you to teach. <laughs> and he says to me, hmm. <laughs> and he asked me a few more times, and the answer was still the same. And he came in. And no kidding, we didn't say a word to him about what to teach. We kind of gave him ideas of what we were teaching. And he came in, and he just summed up the last four weeks of things that we were doing and just nailed the application of what we were trying to do. He just did a beautiful job. And so we we're just, just very encouraged. God does that. Let me interrupt oh. what, because I want you to keep sharing, but I want to tell um, those who are listening, Ryan Sprague, I'm going to be interviewing him in a, a future show too. He is a homeschooling father who's also a pastor who uh, is also an author, and he just published his most recent book is called Seasons, and it's written for teenagers as they're bound to college to give them information on how to think seriously about life. So all of these things just dovetail together. He's an excellent speaker, too. We've had him part of co-ops in the past. and It's such a blessing that this man is willing to take time off and to travel to where you are and to take the time to speak into the lives of these kids. Now, how many do you have at your co-op? What are their age ranges? And you have both boys and girls, right? Yes, we have 16. Okay. So, yes, because we have two tables of five and then one table of six. And is this at your home? Are you meeting at your home? This is at my home, yes. Yes, we were. All right. Yeah, this was one of those where we were trying to figure out where to do it, how to do it, and the Lord just opened up a space here and said, "Here, just do it here." So we said, "Okay." Oh wow! Well, tell us about your other speakers because I know you've had more than just Ryan. Yes, we have. Um, my husband actually comes in and he was teaching theology. He used Alvin McLean's book, Law and Grace, and um, let's see. Then we have uh, Peter, who comes in. He's from church. I won't give his last name because I didn't get permission to do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He is from our church, and he comes in and he teaches economics, and he has been fabulous. He does it in a way that that just really brings to life economics. So he does a really good job as well. And uh, another one of the moms comes in, and she's uh, teaching young peacemakers, and then I do the history and the worldview, and that's it. That's about all we have time for. We meet from 8.15 to 1, so it's a full docket, and we move quickly. Okay, now do you have breakout sessions? Where we do. We, we make time for those. Those are, are a vital part of what we do because these, these students, most of them have done co-ops before. I have a few new students, and so I try to mix them in with the experienced ones. I'm just starting to see how quickly they're picking up and they're remembering from from years past, and, and they're just doing a fabulous job. They're, they're really encouraging each other and helping each other learn. It's, it's been a, a great process. That's great. Now, what do you require the students to do as far as presentations? We start off with Bible memory. We're memorizing uh, Romans chapter 13, and so each week a different student will present different verses, and we'll play games however they want to really just encourage students to learn. I let them make up the games, and, and it's usually a lot of fun, and they're very creative, and they're getting more creative <laughs> each year. It's been fun. <laughs> and then we do, uh, they each, each week somebody's giving a character report. We're doing Founding Fathers. So you have a student teach the Bible verse. You have a character report or two each week. What else do they do? We engage in current events together. Uh, basically, I'll open up the floor. Actually, we do have we have a leader now. I've, I've changed that a little bit. We do have one person that will come in with several different reports. We do world, we do country, we do state, and we do local. And so somebody has to come up with at least two in each slot, 
And so they'll give that report, and then we talk amongst the groups and say, okay, what else has, has have you found? And I've got lots – there's a lot of engaging in the current events. These kids are, are really tuned into what's going on with the world and, and with this country. It's, it's truly amazing. And so we have great conversation there, too. That's neat. And, and since you brought it up, oftentimes you have a plan for a co-op, and as the weeks progress, you tweak you make changes. Oh, yes. Yeah, and and that's the beauty of co-oping, too, because you have the freedom to do that, and you can be flexible, and you need to be flexible, right? <laughs> yes, yes, flexibility is a, is a good word. All right, so then you have, you discuss the current events. Do you have breakout sessions with that? Uh, we don't because we don't have much time past that. Usually the time okay. runs out pretty quickly, so no, we don't. Okay, and then you have several book reports, don't you? Yes, we do. Each We have three books that we're reading. Uh, we're reading When God Writes Your Life Story. That's Eric and Leslie Ludi. We're reading To Die For by Ryan Dobson, and we are reading um, America the Beautiful, Ben Carson's new book. Which I started that, and boy, that is filled with history. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It has it, This co-op has just flowed so nicely together. Everything that we have done just really ties in. It, it's just amazing. That's really neat. So you have... T, um, children giving their reports, their presentations, and then you have speakers who come and speak. You're covering Constitution, yes. Economics, Theology, mm-hmm. Bible, well, Bible and Theology, Current Events. Oh, Conflict Resolution. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yes, that we're using uh, young peacemakers, and I'm not in charge of that, so I can't tell you much about that. But <laughs> we have a mom that will come in and will and will teach. We we really only have about enough time for about five weeks of that, so we're pulling out the the important ones, five main main teaching topics and teaching points, and those are the ones that we're hitting. We feel like those are the most important. And then the next six weeks, we're gonna we're gonna do logic. Oh, okay. And you have another parent who's gonna do that, or? No, that's going to be me. (laughs) That's going to be you. Unless I can get somebody else to volunteer. (laughs) Yeah, and I know sometimes, I know in your co-op, because I know some of the families, I know you have some who have younger children, and so they're very limited by what they can do with the children's participation. And you have at least one with a single mom who's working, correct? Yes, we do, yes. Um, Yes, and that works out fine. She drops off her child and and we invited her knowing that that was the situation and we're happy to have her child participate. Yeah, and and that's neat and and that brings up another topic. Sometimes you do have conflict in co-ops and one of the reasons that I tell people when you plan a co-op, just plan it for 8, 10, 12 weeks, no more than that, if for no other reason because you may have situations and relationships that aren't ideal and it's sort of hard to discontinue them in the middle of a co-op. So if you know your co-op is only 8, 10, 12 weeks, you can endure almost anything for that amount of time, then revamp and start all over. And we've not had too many huge problems in co-ops over the years, and we have been co-oping for over 20 years. But we have had some situations where students' behavior has had to be addressed, and we've even given parents warning that if it's not corrected, they're going to have to be asked not to participate any longer. And we hate to see that happen, and we want the co-ops even to be used as an opportunity to teach the children how we resolve conflict and work all these things out and get along. But sometimes it gets to the point where one student is taking away so much from everybody else's time, it has to be dealt with. Yes, exactly. And I was... I was pretty clear at the very beginning of this co-op that if we do have discipline issues and there are going to be, if there are problems, that I would remove the student, that there would be no, 
there would be no debate this time. It's it's just too difficult to have to handle one child when you have 16. So right. so I was pretty clear from the very beginning with my parents that um, my philosophy about education is is it's it's not a right, it's a responsibility. And at this age, especially the ages that that these these young people are at, they need to own their education, and they need to be here because they want to be here. And all of these kids here are very engaged. They seem to really want to be here, and so I've been really pleased. That makes it so much fun when you know they want to be, because it doesn't take but just one or two with a bad attitude <laughs> to change right. the entire environment. So, you know, yeah. so, And now you have mostly older children because your boys are older, and, and that's what happened, and that's what I found when, when I had little ones as well as teenagers, we worked together, and our co-ops included all of them. And then as they got older, I found it was easier to gear the co-op toward the children that were my children's ages. And there are benefits to add in younger children, too, but you couldn't be covering the topics you're covering if you had elementary children in there, could you? That's correct. That's correct. In fact, we started off and we had some some of the younger children in another room in our home, and we discovered very quickly that that was not a good idea because there were definitely some topics that were coming in that they could hear. And so oh, cool. that mom we excused and just let her drop her child off, and, and she does other things behind the scenes. So, yes, yeah. but at the same time, you don't want to limit what you're doing with these older kids. So, so you do have to make accommodations occasionally for things like that. Right, and we've even had some co-ops where we've had children of all different ages and then we would separate them for during certain parts of the day and the younger children may go in another room and do a craft or a science project or something more hands-on where we could take the older children to another room and, and talk about more serious topics that we knew the younger children didn't need to be discussing right then. So that, that's another beauty of the co-op, too, is the flexibility. You can pick and choose. You can be aware of who's ready for what. And, of course, the parents need to talk and discuss all of that beforehand because it, I'm sure you've realized some of these kids have been exposed to far more than others, and sometimes they're not exposed to some of these things until they get to class, and the current event comes up, and they're all of a sudden like a deer in headlights. <laughs> We've had that happen this year. Have you? We have it's one surprising. of our students is the oldest of of many, and and yes, he's he's being he's being hit with some things that uh, he has not had to cover before, and and it's been good because it's a good safe environment. The questions that do come up, we do answer, and we do let the parents know if there's something that we thought um, maybe shocked this particular student. We definitely let them know, and so far we haven't had that. But but I could tell by some of the current events that were coming up that that it was different for him, and and so. He's handled it beautifully, and and I think it's been it's been a good experience for him. But but I know it it is shocking when you do have students that are the oldest of many and haven't had those experiences yet. Right, right. But it's it's so important that they learn, especially with the internet. If they're going to be looking up current event, if you just go to a news source and a and a site that's supposed to only be journalism, and it's still filled with so many issues that. Parents should be discussing with their children, and they shouldn't be waiting until they're 18 to 20 before these issues are brought up because then they're going to get in a situation where they're shocked or they don't even know how to deal with it or who to talk to about it. And unfortunately, because our society has become immoral in so many ways, that tends to be in all the headlines. 
And I'd like to be able to ignore it and think it'll go away or it'll all get better. But our children need to understand and be able to cipher through the information to know it's important. I mean, I know one of the things, and we've heard this at Summit over the years, they say, you know, our heroes have become entertainers, which is quite sad because they don't really, they're they're not heroes. They're not um, embracing the character qualities we want our children to emulate, yet that that's who we see on the front pages all the time, even of the newspapers. And, and so our children need to be challenged to look past that and realize what is it that's putting this person's picture in the paper and is that a good thing and should they be living differently and what should we be looking at I know we recently had a simulcast that we were able to attend up here with Eric Metaxas talking about his newest book Seven Great Men and, and they were these are all men who were dead but he picked them out because they changed history and they changed history and they were great not because they were successful or wealthy or any of those things although some of them may have been most of them weren't but they were great because they sacrificed something and they found something more important than self and they were willing to give up and those are the kind of things we want our kids to see and to pick up on but weeding through the internet and the newspapers and all the information that comes at us is hard to do without getting sidetracked by the entertainers and and everything else that's thrown in there and mixed up all together so one of the things that i think especially with older children at co-ops like the one you have, one of the things I think is so good is the breakout sessions so they can stop, they can talk, they can discuss, and and they can realize that they're all facing the same challenges and they can come alongside and they can hold each other accountable and they can rise to a higher level. And boy, isn't that what we need today? Right, yes, uh, that's exactly what it is. That was, um, I think that's what was so encouraging to me, the very first co-op that, that we hit. Okay, I just have to, I have to give you a plug here because you did such a fantastic job with that first co-op I was so on fire after that I couldn't get enough of it and so I was just I was so grateful to to be a part of your world where where I got to learn these incredible things from you worldview things I didn't even know I mean I I was familiar with some of the worldview terms but didn't know that it was all put together in this nice neat little box with a bow on it (laughs) it was just it was a whole new world for me so so yes it um I do think it's absolutely important I think these kids need to learn how to live in this world but with biblical lenses not with the world's lenses and and I agree with you and you know we make these celebrities and these I see it all the time with these movie stars and and these people who have absolutely no sense and yet our kids are idolizing them, right? And it's it's That's just very sad. And I think it's really important to be discussing. Okay, what is it? What is it about them? What what is it that you're seeing? I, one of the assignments I gave my kids this week in this co-op is I wanted them to watch a movie or a TV show, and and I didn't care what it was. That's up to them and their parents. And I said, I, I want you to tell me what the worldview is on this. I want you to tell mm-hmm. me what what is this? What are they doing? And and are there godly characteristics? Is it is it worldly? Tell me what this is. And so I'll be really curious to see how many kids come back and what they've watched. I know I've always said, you've ruined it for me for movie watching yeah, <laughs> forever. Yeah, because I'm always looking at the worldview of everything I'm watching. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and my son Matt, who's taking worldview at Brian, that's his assignment this week, too, is to compare a movie with with a writing. And so he has... He's coming up with that, too, and it's exciting to see. And I know when I've done worldview seminars and and when I've had John Stone Street teach the parents about the importance of their children thinking worldviewishly, he would have me come in and talk to the parents as well because oftentimes homeschoolers hear 
you need to teach worldview, and they think, oh, no, not another subject. I don't have enough hours in my day. Where am I going to put that subject? It's not a subject. (laughs) It's a way Mm -hmm. of thinking. It's a philosophy, and it's what should be the center of everything we do teach. Everything we teach should should come from a biblical worldview, and, and the kids should be able to understand why it's important. What difference does it make in their life? How do they apply it so they become a better person and so they bring glory to God and attract people to the kingdom? But understanding the worldview behind everybody who writes, the authors of books, the producers of movies, the, the journalists who are, who are putting articles out, it, when you understand worldviews and you see the differences, the starting points, you know, and, and you have yeah. that plumb line so you can compare and you can see, oh, this doesn't line up, this does line up. A couple of the pa- papers Matt had to write last week, and this was not for worldview, but it was definitely worldviewish. It's for his writing class, but he had to talk about the writings of Thomas Paine. And that man was a deist from the get-go. He believes there is a higher power. He started creation, and that was it. He doesn't believe the Bible's inspired. He doesn't believe in miracles. He doesn't believe that Jesus died and rose again. And and a lot of what tainted his belief happened when he was seven years old, and he'll tell you that. He went to church. He heard God killed his son for you, and he walked out and thought, why would a father do that? He didn't discuss or understand the whole thing, but he, he just wiped it all from his mind as being anything that could be reasonable or acceptable or loving or wonderful and and became a deist and has held to that view through all his writings. So it is so important that our children understand what is a biblical worldview. What is a worldview that's not biblical? Why does somebody have the worldview they have? What difference does it make? And then they have to be ready to understand why they believe what they believe, not because mommy and daddy said so. So they need to question and they need to know which questions to ask. They need to know which answers to question. And, And then they need to be willing to defend their faith and discuss their faith and and when they don't have answers they need to be willing to say you know i haven't thought about that or i don't really know or i'm not sure let me go study that some more and let's talk about it again later and and then we'll be raising kids who can take a stand in this world and share their faith and defend their faith and know why they believe what they believe so that's absolutely one of the beauties but you know that starts with the parents too because the parents need to learn to think that way first without the parents thinking that way you're not going to be raising children to think that way and the beauty of co-ops to me has been I'm learning right along with my children. And the things that I have had to learn, because I've had to teach them, I have had to dig deeper. I have had to learn. I've had to learn to ask the questions, what do you mean by, what does this mean, what are they talking about? Uh, The questions I've had to learn are because I have had to learn the material to teach it. And so it's, it's incredibly important for the parents to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I've had parents come up to me and say, I've never heard this before. I don't I've never heard these terms. I don't know where this came from. And and it's amazing to me. They're they're in Christian churches, they're in Christian homes that they just don't know. And, and that's so one of it the really, reasons we do want our parents to be involved at our co op. So we are learning alongside and with and we understand and we can continue the conversation. Yes, absolutely. I I, I love like I love co-ops it has been such a blessing to me and, and it has looked different each year with each of my children so co-oping comes in all shapes and sizes and you can teach different things I'm a firm believer in co-ops I wholeheartedly support them I'm so grateful you taught me how to run one and and I know you're still helping a lot behind the scenes on mine well, but, <laughs> but I, I wanted you reminded me of more. something too I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. because you're so good about this and 
And it's nice to have a parent in a co-op who's willing to fund the materials we need. And oftentimes, there's materials we'd like to use in co-ops that we have to either ground, save up, all chip in together, whatever. But I've seen you be one of the first ones to say, I'll get that. I'll get that, and then I'll share it with others. And you do, and you pass it around. And I know that you'll agree, we have found some uh, materials that are wonderful, and we can't wait to share. And we've even used one video series several times in several different co-ops. But I wanted to also applaud you because even though there have been times when you've spent money on materials that looked good and the ad sounded great, when we got it, when we sat down and looked at it, we realized, eh, this really isn't going to work. And you didn't insist on us continuing using it just because we had invested, we had ordered it, we had planned. You're so flexible that way and you're so good about, eh, let's go to another plan, let's look at something else, let's just scratch that. So on the one hand, it's been so neat to see how much God has brought into the co-ops that dovetails together, works together, but at the same time, you have to realize and be willing, I think, to know that sometimes our plans don't work out, and we have to be willing to say, yeah, this really isn't working. Let's change materials, or let's change subjects, or let's just nix this entirely. So I really appreciate the fact that you were always so open to all of that. Well, I, it's something we enjoy doing, and, and as God blesses us, we, we just use his money to, to his glory, and those are those are the things that, that we've been allowed to, to do, and it's it's been a blessing. And, and yes, I, I would no more continue on with something I thought was not going to be good for them than, than I would feed them food that was poisonous. I mean, it's it's kind of right. the same thing. So, so absolutely, But when you've invested you know, a big chunk of money, it's right. hard to just say, oh, this isn't going to work, but you have to be able to because, yeah, it, it would be like poison sometimes. So. Yes. That's a yes. good analogy. So, you know, that's, yeah. Let me end by asking you, if we have listeners who have never co-opted, they've only homeschooled. I mean, I know there are some homeschoolers who have only used a Becca their entire time or they've even switched on Schoolhouse where they, they have the videos, they have the series. Whatever they're doing, they're doing home with just their family and they've not tried co-ops. And I know there's a lot of people who it absolutely frightens them to think, I don't even know where to start or what to do, but we do have materials where we can help them get started. We can answer their questions. We can come alongside. We can encourage them. What would you say to homeschoolers who have never tried this? What will they be missing if they never do try it? Wow. First, I can tell you I've been there. I've been one of those parents that I stuck to my own devices for a while, and and then I would branch out with just one mom. It was out of fear. I didn't. I didn't know what I was missing. And again, when when God brought the two of us together, it was like a whole door was just completely open to me and my children and my family. And I would I would say what my children would have missed, I think would have been the opportunity to get out from the house and share what they've learned, work with others together, present to people that are not their parents, present to people that are not their grandparents. I think it made them more comfortable giving presentations and talking to people and and sharing and because to me the the most important thing for my children to do is to go and make disciples after they've learned after we've given them the foundation to know what that means and to know that that their job as Christians now is to go and make disciples and how are they going to do that if they can't interact with with people and so I think for my opinion has been that I think it has given my children the tools to be social and to and in a good way I don't, I don't mean that I mean right. social in a good way they they can relate they can relate to other people now so I I know I often tell parents you know if you just start with a few families it doesn't have to be 
huge. It doesn't even have to last that many weeks. And it can even be one subject. It can be one thing that you that you want to study so your kids can research, put together a presentation, come together and give it. But but I think if they would just get their foot in the water, if they'd get their feet wet, then they would find mm-hmm. out it's not as intimidating as it sounds. It's not as difficult as it sounds. In fact, one of the beauties of us requiring parents participate is we share the workload. A co-op I'm doing right now is for my granddaughter, and it's an American Girl Co-op, and I have eight little girls, like, six to ten, twelve, I don't know how they are. Most of the parents have not been involved in co-ops before, and and when I suggested they might want to teach, most of them said, I'm not real comfortable with that. Can we watch you for a while? So I'm fine with that because I'm very comfortable with it, and I've already done several American Girl Co-ops, so it's a piece of cake. So I'm doing most of the teaching, but the children are, are giving presentations, but the parents are coming alongside and doing the snacks and the craft and the games and the cleanup and the setup and, and helping their children, too, with the reports as well. So it's not that every parent has to jump into something they're not comfortable doing because you can figure out a way, but you have to be willing to come out of your comfort zone, too, for your children. I mean, you are if you're homeschooling, you're probably already out of your comfort zone a little. Not too many of us feel like we were born to teach, but most of us discover we love learning alongside our children. So when you do it, when you share those responsibilities, then I think you find a whole new world. And it, it must, our co-ops only met once a week. Some co-ops only meet once every two weeks. You know, you could even have a once-a-month co-op if you just wanted it for the opportunity to have the safe and friendly environment for the presentations. And another thing, too, that, that I'll share before we get off the line, and I'm sure you can add to this, too, is the students will raise the bar. You know what good public speaking skills look like. Well, they do, too. And when a child gets up with a six-page report that he's just copied off the Internet and he reads it, everybody goes to sleep. But then when a child gets up and he's in costume and he doesn't have notes and he's animated, he's getting excited and he involves the audience or he has PowerPoint or he inserts a video, the other kids notice that as well, too. And it gives them more of a desire to do better and not be the one who's reading the six-page plagiarized report in a monotone voice. And it's really exciting to see how much they grow. One time we had a 10-week co-op with 10 boys on persuasive speaking, one of the boys could write so well. I thought he'd plagiarized, but he hadn't. He could just he could write that well, but he was scared to death to speak, and he turned red, and you could hardly hear him, and his pages just shook. But by the end of the ten weeks, all these boys wore a suit, got up in front of all the families, on a stage, on a podium, and what transpired with just ten weeks meeting once a week was amazing, amazing what they learned. And these were teenagers who hadn't grown up speaking in public, some of them. Mine always had because we had co-ops from young ages up. But these were teenagers that this was new to them. But it did not take that long for them to be comfortable in that. So it's exciting to be a part of. And I know most of our co-ops, not all, but most of them included a newsletter as well so we could put into writing uh, a summation of what we did each week and have pictures and have reports and put those in our portfolios and have them to show parents and friends and share with others and, and just have our kids look back on and remember, oh, I remember that co-op. So, almost out of time. So before we wrap things up, I want you to give some last words of encouragement or advice to those who have never tried co-oping the way we're talking about. Give some encouragement. Here's what I would say. Just do it. it that's what it takes. It takes really a mom that's willing to organize a few other moms with a few other kids 
It can start small. Just do it. Just get in there. Just pick a subject. Pick pick anything. Do anything. Just do it. It is you will never regret it. I never have. So be engaged. Be involved. Be be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Be flexible. Um, but again, when you have a partner to do things with, it it really makes it a lot of fun. And I think once once you start, you'll be hooked. You won't stop. We actually have a guide. We have a guide we've written. A friend of mine, Karen Carpenter, who co-opted with me up here. Um, we put in writing how to start a co-op, the kind that we're discussing and sharing about, and, and it's it's called Better Together, and it's a guide for organizing and orchestrating a, a successful co-op. So if you want to visit our website, we're at bettertogethercoop.com or dpkhomeschool.com, which is our business, and you can look at the guides and see those. We also have a blog that we write occasionally. It's not, I'll have several in one week, and sometimes I'll only have one a month, but the the blog will touch on co-oping issues as well. So there are a lot of resources out there. When I first started homeschooling, we didn't even know what a unit study was. When I first started homeschooling, all we could do was order from Rebecca or Bob Jones. It was just textbooks that were available. So there are books out there that can help you get started. There are books out there that can use. We have we have one for a younger co-op called The Cross-Cultural Cruise, and it uses books of Patricia Palaka. And everything that you need to teach is in that guide, everything from the thematic snacks to the crafts to every subject matter that you could think of, from devotions to science to literature. It's all in there. So there's a lot of helps out there nowadays. There's support groups. But, but I would say, like you, get together with a few friends, brainstorm, talk about about what you'd like to accomplish, how you want to do it, get your feet wet. Even if you just meet for a few weeks, a few hours at a time, it'll grow. You'll realize what you want to add, how it's going to work, what what does work, what doesn't work. And just coming up with and being intentional about having a group, safe and friendly environment so the children can give presentations and break out and discuss things is going to give them skills that you just don't get at home with your own family. So it's something you need to be intentional about. But involving other parents lessens your workload, makes it less stressful and more enjoyable. We enjoy socialization and fellowship too. So it's oh, it's almost just as much for us as them, right? <laughs> yes, I would I would say that. Yes, I, I absolutely would agree with that. Co-oping I have found to be the absolute most encouraging way to to homeschool my children. It has been such a blessing for me and and Pat, I just I need to give you a plug here because I, I'm so grateful God put our paths together because I have learned so much from you and I think that's also critical in in having a mentor having somebody that has been down that path before and, and can share with you and can, can help guide you. I know you've done this for many women here in, in Tallahassee, that, that co-ops have just have been springing up everywhere. And I know, and every time I hear somebody doing it, I'm like, oh, where did you learn that? Oh, from Pat. <laughs> I don't know why I ask anymore. Truly, it, it takes somebody like you to lead this group and to and to just help branch out and help help guide people do these things. And I didn't I didn't have your book because I had you. Very sweet, and that's kind to say. But it's not that difficult to do. And, you know, I was introduced years ago by my friend Edris, actually. One of the first years we homeschooled invited us to a co-op, and it was on Indians, Native Americans. We made a huge teepee. They learned a song on a recorder. We made costumes. In fact, the feathered earrings we made at that co-op turned into a huge business with 
FSU <laughs> products one year. So it's amazing what all you learn in co-ops. In fact, our invention co-op encouraged some of the kids to become entrepreneurs. So we have had a, a lot of different co-ops. But it was getting my feet wet in that first co-op that gave me the vision and, and the excitement about what could be done that way. Because homeschooling can be a fun adventure. It is an adventure. And, and we want to be careful that we have a philosophy of education that the co-op upholds. And, and yet it's such good training ground for our children, applying at the same time socialization in a really good way, especially when you have older and younger children teaching and you have dads coming in as guest speakers and all these things that that we've included in our co-ops over the years. We are out of time, but I want to thank you for being on the show today and sharing all about your co-op with us and your experiences with us, and, and hopefully people listening will be willing to give this a try and enjoy it as much as we do. You have a great week. Thanks. You too, Pat. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, this has been Homeschooling, Co-op Style. (laughs) 